This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 158 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UFC. Just before we start, our clothing partner is Luke Roper, designer menswear. Get yourself on their website, luke1977.com. That's their website. Uh, and uh, if you decide to buy anything, use this code. It will get you 15% off. Uh, FDLR. One five always comes in handy as you're getting yourself all kitted up for Christmas. If you listen to our boxing show, you'll know that uh, Nick has spent all his time recently on that website getting his family a load of uh, brand spanking new tackle for Christmas. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. FDLR15, that is your discount code. Now, last week, we said to you, certain fights of UFC 218 are going to be out of this world. Out of this world is what we said. Mm-hmm. We also said, do you know something? I really hope that it lives up to 217. 217 was one of those cards that really took our breath away. There was lots of surprises in there. We had three new world champions crowned on the exact same night. A history-making night. Can 218 kick us on to the finish of the year? Can it take us to the next level? Boy, did it take us to the next level. You may have seen um, the uh, the image that we have used for today's show. You may see that the today's show is called Predator Power. I'm going to save him. I'm saving him, mm-hmm. right? Big Frank, you can, can. Hang, he can hang on for a minute because there's plenty to talk about from UFC 218. If you've not seen any of it, um, the only fight that I wouldn't advise you to go and watch is uh, Henry Cejudo. It was boring as fuck, I'm going to be dead honest with you. Yep. Everything else around it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to the top of the bill first. Normally we yes, say we said the top of the bill to last. We're going we're going in there. We're going to the Hawaiian great that is slowly becoming the best featherweight on the planet. Let me yeah. tell you, mate. Uh Holloway. He's just turned twenty six. This week he turned twenty six. That fight of the weekend he was twenty five. I think it was his birthday on Monday of this week. His C V already. His resume, as you say in the States. Is already absolutely unreal. His win streak is currently at 12. Silvers uh, holds the record on 16. It is so hard to deal with Max Holloway's pace. Yep. It is ridiculous. He is relentless. He didn't look like he got a bead of sweat on him. Even nope. in the third round, man, he was absolutely outstanding. To be fair, Aldo was good. I thought yep. Aldo's leg kicks were very, very good. Yep. I thought that he was he, he was in it for a long period of that fight, but then the pace just got him, mate. He obviously struggled the day before to make weight. He needed two attempts to get down yep. to one four five, um, and he looked drained. He looked absolutely battered on the scales. So maybe that was part of it. But let me let's not take anything away from Max. Cardio outstanding. His uh, the range that he manages to master absolutely outstanding. He's in and out like a fucking flash, isn't he? And then the way that he can dismantle his opponents. I mean, we're talking about Jose Aldo here. Yeah, Jose Aldo, no mug. the best, the best that has ever been in this weight category, and he's 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 made yeah. a mug out of him twice in near enough exactly the same fashion. Exactly, and we're getting to the point now as well where we're starting to talk about and they and they flirted with it the weekend. You, you know, Joe Rogan getting carried away as usual, but when you come down, I'm Joe beat. Rogan getting carried away. I know, nah, exactly. you're the greatest featherweight <laughs> in the world of all time ever. Even Max was like, "Well, you know, well, calm down. Yeah. I've got to get yeah. a few more wins yet. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry I'm, about I'm that." Only twenty six. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Yeah. But when you're talking about the guy who's on a 12-fight winning streak... Oh, you're say. getting a title shot, Francis! <laughs> you, how do you know? <laughs> yeah. No, you're definitely getting one! 
<laughs> anyway, loves it, Joe, we'll, we'll get on to Frank in a minute. Go on, carry on. Uh, 12-fight winning streak, as you say. You know, Anderson Silva leads the way, but then you've got GSP, John Jones and Demetrius Johnson all on 13-fight win streaks. So when you, when you throw that in the equation, you go, wait a minute, those four guys are heavily involved in the pound-for-pound greatest-of-all-time debate. So at what stage do we start going, okay, maybe Max Holloway is a bit special. And you're right, he's 20 fucking five years of age. Whatever 26, 26 this week. Yeah, birthday this week. this week. Happy birthday, Max, if you're listening. So, you know, at this stage, in time, it's like anything as well. It's like the, the Conor McGregor effect as well. I say this to a lot of fighters. I think when you get to the top level, when you get to contest them belts, certainly in the UFC, it's as much about psychology as it is about technique because... We know you're the best, one of the best in the world. You're fucking top ranked in the UFC for Christ's sake. So you know you're one of the best fighters mm. in your wake division, walking planet Earth. But to get that belt, to become a champion, to begin a reign, to start an era, it's about confidence. It's about having the swagger. It's about having the psychology that you know what I am the fucking best of my generation, and this is my time. And he's got that. Max Holloway has got that. Like Conor McGregor's cracked it as well. You can't. Hit that confidence. He was getting chopped away with leg kicks by Jose Aldo. He was getting caught with decent punches as well. Right end, hands, left hooks. End of the first round, he got caught with a beautiful Mate, uppercut. And he just looked at him, gave just, him a round of applause. Didn't and he? I swear to God, that's 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 pure confidence. That's where that comes from. Confidence in your chin. Confidence in your ability. Confidence it's your time. Yeah. Whenever you speak to Aldo, uh, Holloway now, he's like... It's my era. This is the Holloway era. He truly blessed believes era, that. The yeah. blessed era, yeah. yeah. He truly believes that. And that confidence, that's what makes him be able to walk through shots. Mm. That's what makes him be able to do that to Jose Aldo. You're right, it was a, it was a good fight in the first round. Second round, Holloway probably starts coming on a little bit down the stretch. Third round, it was just like, fucking hell, Max, give him a break. Aldo yeah. couldn't get any space. He couldn't yeah, get yeah, yeah. a breather. And even when he was chopping them leg kicks, and once or two, one or two times, Holloway did buckle a little bit because yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're fucking nasty kicks. It made no difference. What He didn't switch stances. He didn't do anything like that. He just kept walking forward, and it was like, I am just going to walk you down and destroy you. And to be able to do that, to Jose, Aldo shot on him. Yeah, he did. When the fuck have we ever seen Jose Aldo shoot for a takedown in his career? It's a panic, Never. panic mode, isn't it? He, he shit himself, he panicked, he shot down for that takedown. And even then, Max manipulated them on the ground, got them round and started throwing a ground and pound, which ultimately led to the stoppage. Mm. It was an absolutely systematic breakdown from Max Holloway, mm. which he said he was going to do. Listen, we went into the fight. We, knew, we both said last week, we fancy a repeat of the first fight. But also, I also said last week that Jose Aldo's camp made lots of excuses from the first fight, saying yeah. he was injured, saying it'd be a different story. Well, he, was, he looked fit to me. Okay, he was a bit weight drained, you're right, but he looked fit. Them leg kicks were chopping in, made no difference whatsoever. Mm. Made no difference. Max Holloway, absolutely the real deal. Man, this featherweight division, it's, he's given it like a whole new lease of life. How, de- how badly does flyweight division need this? Yeah, it does. Need a new star to come through? Um, I, I just Forget Max, what about his oh. lad? What about his uh, lad? Mate, stole the show, didn't His he? lad stole the show, mate. Forget, mate. You know something? You've just put manners on the best featherweight of all time. You think to yourself, you know what I mean? Just ease off, sunshine. You know what I mean? Everybody's using you. Everybody's talking to you. Everybody's using you as a gif and a meme and various things like that. His little boy, for example, uh, if you didn't see this, he was dabbing yeah, like mad. Class, on it? When uh, Max entered the octagon, his little boy was stood on his chair with a Hawaiian flag. Everybody's cheering the kid. Nobody's watching the fight. Everybody's yeah, what the, What's the kid going to do next? Ace. He was absolutely super. But again, that you. You only have your son in the audience against a legend yeah. when you know. 
when you know, when your confidence is so high, my son ain't going to see me get beat. You know, my son ain't going to come here and watch his dad lose his world title. My son's here to, so he can go to school Monday morning yeah. and go, see me and me dad? That's my dad. That was why he was there. Fucking hell. He knew his confidence right now is insane. You know, it's just a shame Connor's not active because I think a rematch between Connor and Holloway yeah. would have loads of legs at the moment. I think it would be an absolutely brilliant fight. Brilliant fight. Mm. I think styles, stylistically, they match up so yeah, well. They do. The first similar. fight was brilliant. It's quite similar. The first fight was brilliant. Obviously, uh, Connor ruptured his knee ligaments in the first fight and he got through it. But, you know, we were kind of cheated of what that could have been and ended up coming become surprisingly a bit of a ground battle. I think if they go again now, it would be an absolute tear up. Can't see it, mate. We're going to talk no. later on in the show. Um, regarding the comments that Den has made about Conor McGregor, might not even see him back in the UFC at any weight category. Yeah. But we'll get to that a little Max bit. Max has got to be, by the way, Max, I don't think he was had a look in with the UFC pound for pound debate previously, oh, he but be, he's got to be right up there now. He's got to be right up there. Uh, hopefully, Frankie can get fit. Maybe we see him in with Frankie sometime soon. Yeah. Cub Swanson, if, if he comes this through, weekend. If he comes through this weekend, maybe Cub's back in there, uh, gets an opportunity against Max Holloway. There's, there's some good fights out there, but you are right in what you were saying. Max Holloway, this is the blessed era. Yeah. Uh, I'd Nobody touches him for me at this moment in time. Let's get him in with Frankie and see what he's all about. Uh, now then, um, fuck it, I'm not, I'm not going about. Francis, let's do it, yeah? Come on. Jesus Christ. We, You said, probably a year ago now, listen, there's this geezer fighting, he's from Cameroon fighting out of France. Honestly, mate, he's absolutely ridiculous. You need to check him out. And I've checked him out a couple of times and he's impressed me, right? Mm-hmm. Impressed me. This weekend, he was going into this fight. And I, off the back of you bigging him up to me and me falling for him a little bit, was like, mate, he's going to absolutely fucking mow over him. He's going to mow him. And I was saying it to everybody that would listen. And they're all going, no, over him's K1 champ, all this type of stuff. More experience. Too, too much of a step he's up. Gonna too be much a, too soon. All this, he's going to be wily as they come. Fucking hell. Minute 30 later. Boom! Yeah. Knocked him to the moon, mate. mate. What a shot. Knocked him to the moon. Six fight uh, finish streak at the moment for Francis Ngannou. That is tied uh, as a UFC record with Arlovsky. Um, for the heavyweight division. For the heavyweight division. Yeah. But what an unbelievable shot, mate. Big what? left uppercut. It's just unreal. Absolutely unreal. Overeem came off the floor. He like literally oh, was airborne. And he was stiff as a board. Temporarily airborne. And then... Out cold. As soon as it landed, he took flight and he's out. He's out in the air. And then he lands. I said to you, didn't I? It reminded me of the movie Snatch. Is it Snatch or Locksnock? When what? With, with, uh, with uh, Brad Pitt. Snatch. Where he gets knocked out in the, in the, in the bare knuckle boxing ring and then he, he flies through the air and then lands in water. I swear to God, Alistair Overeem is still underwater today. He was put to kip. He was put to Absolutely kip. Absolutely right? put to kip. And now, you know what? It's gone beyond... Do you reckon Steve Pace changed his number and retired? <laughs> no, no shit he has, yeah. I, I just think with Nganu, it was like, prior to this fight, is he ready? He's only had a dozen fights. This was his 12th fight, I think it was. You know, is he ready? Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's that old adage in sports, man. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah. Fucking put him in. Yes, he's only had 12 fights, but you know what? He's just absolutely knocked out a top contender in one and a half, 90 seconds, whatever it is, 100 seconds. Put him in. Fuck it. Put him in. Let's see what happens because, mate, if he lands, you're going. If he lands on anyone, you're going. You see the thing last week where he had the hardest punch in the yeah. thing and whatever? Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Francis lands on your chin, you're going. It's all about how Stipe Miocic, as the champion, manages this power now. 
but we've never seen anyone like this for a while. No, never seen anyone like this. And he is. He punches this hard. Is that he big? is? What? what it, it reminds me very much of what it was like late eighties, early nineties in the world of boxing with Mike Tyson. Yeah, just pure explosion. That's yeah. exactly what he is. I want to see him go deep into a fight. Let's see if there is a gas tank. Let's see if he can yeah. do a little bit of that. Who's going to take him deep, though? I don't know. How the fuck do you take this guy deep? I don't know. I don't know, man. You know what I mean? There is no answer. The, the only way you do it, obviously, would be to somehow get close enough to take him down. But then we're going to see a boring fight. Who yeah. wants to see that? You know, I want to see him go to war with someone. But the problem is, can anyone take this kind of power? You know, I, I fucking hell, I bet you John Jones is glad he failed that drug test now because he was talking about <laughs> moving up, up to heavyweight. Shit. Jesus, nobody wants... This is a different type of heavyweight. This guy's thick. Do you know what I mean? He's a proper, proper He's a beast. Yeah. He's an absolute beast, yeah. And uh, this guy, the way he looks at the moment, yes, he's 31, but he's been in no wars. There's probably 10 years in him. Oh, fucking hell, the UFC must be absolutely creaming themselves. Did you see him um, in the post-fight press conference? He was just chilling, right? He got him uh, in his African attire. He had all his gear on. Love it. Little hat on, like Love the it. King of Zamunda from uh, Coming to America. That's what he was dressed like. Yeah. He had all the King of Zamunda gear on. The royal penis is clean. That's it. That's it. He was just chilling. Um, and whilst there was a press conference going on, I can't remember who was on stage, but Francis was sat with the journalist, just sat there on his phone, Waiting to go up on stage, and you're thinking, fuck me, you don't give a shit, you do you? No. Just gone in, done the business, wait for me interview, I'm going home now, lads, see you in a bit. Yeah, well, did he break a sweat? No. Do you know what I mean? And when you're doing that against top contender heavyweights, certainly like the Valister Overeem, mm. you've got to get a title shot. It's mm. got to happen. Um, you know, as, as you say, I just fear Stipe Miocic now may have changed his number, changed sports, changed yeah. countries. Can anybody get hold of Stipe? Anybody? No. <laughs> He's moved out. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, long gone long gone mate uh, and you know what that didn't even get a performance bonus so Nagano's won two consecutive performance bonuses yet he didn't get one for that and why didn't he get one well I'll tell you we why had a <clears throat> fucking crazy couple of fights I'll tell, tell you why we didn't get one because the UFC awarded two fight of the night bonuses they have done it previously this is the third time that they've done it yep um, previously Alvarez and Gaethje uh, Medeiros and uh, Oliveira if you've not watched either of those fights, what you've been doing, man? We told you that the first one was going to be fight of the night. We yeah. told you that, and it, it lived up to it without any shadow of a doubt. Medeiros and Oliveira, fair play. That was an absolute beaut, wasn't it? Unbelievable. The round two is easily round of the year. It was just mental. Easily. Even round one was mental, though, mm. as well. Both of them on the floor. I think Medeiros was dropped twice, and Cowboy was dropped once, and it was just like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It was mental. It was absolutely mental, and I was kind of like... Because we last week's show, we said obviously we knew Gaethje Alvarez was going to be a fight of the year contender, and we'll come on to that in a second. But on last week's show, I was like, oh yeah, Felder versus Oliveira, that'll be a good fight. You know, two two good guys. I thought Felder was outstanding. Um, but it's so I wasn't. Re- I was kind of going okay, rub my hands, and then thought okay, Medeiros Oliveira, this will be fun. Jesus. <laughs> I was literally bouncing off the walls. Yeah, it was unreal. Bouncing off the walls. It was just bonkers, absolutely bonkers, and yet more welterweight craziness. This welterweight division is just stacked from the top to bottom. But that was more about... It, technique went off the window, didn't it? It was just like a, a war of wills. Mm. It was just like an absolute war of wills. And how Medeiros got through that first round, I'll never know, because he, he looked out a few times. Um, Do you know, by the way, just insane. with the commentary, obviously, his name, Medeiros, every time they kept saying it, I kept thinking about Glenn Medeiros from back in the day. <laughs> back in the 80s? That was back in the 80s, yeah. Behind I mean? the bike sheds? 
to a bit of Glenn Medeiros. <laughs> but not, man, it, it's listen, not the same guy, and I've checked, it's no offspring yeah, either. Yeah. If, you name, if you name Yancey, you better be able to fight. That's and it, fuck man. me, he can fight. He can, he can fight. fight. That, well, I didn't think we were going to get anything as good. I mean, it was brilliant, and round two is easily round of the year for me. It was absolutely sensational. Yeah. Uh, and then that's followed up by uh, Alvarez and Gaethje, which oh. we tipped, which we tipped, right? We did. We did tip it. And you know what? Let's pat ourselves on the back, but also... Anyone who knows anything about UFC, they knew it was we knew this was going to be a good fight because Gaethje is the highlight reel. But fuck me, Eddie just drew a line in the sand, didn't he? It felt like Eddie Alvarez walked in that octagon, drew a proverbial line through the middle and went, this is fucking my town. This is my place. This is me. You can come as much as... Because what Gaethje does is, and you've seen it there at the weekend, his relentless pressure just breaks people. Yeah. They can't handle the pressure. Similar to Max Holloway, far less technical, far more pub brawl style. Oh, massive but pub brawl. relentless like, style of yeah. just like, I'm on you, I'm on you, I'm on you. And taking like a, a lot. Literally like a pisshead yeah. coming at you. And, and he, he can't takes, keep off. It kind of breaks people's hearts a little bit. Because Completely. Because he takes so much punishment yeah. and you're thinking, fucking, I've chucked the kitchen sink of it in here yep. and he's not gone anywhere. Because yeah. he took a lot, man. Oh, unbelievable. He took so many shots and you're thinking, he ain't going anywhere. No. He, do you know, even when he, when he was out on the knee, like and he folded. I thought he's going to bounce back up in a minute. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I thought you've stopped that early. But yeah. then I saw him walking around, going, "Fucking hell, he's all over the gaff yeah. here." I genuinely thought he was coming back off the knee. It was a wonderful performance from Eddie Alvarez. Wonderful performance from Gaethje, to be honest with you. And anyone that hasn't seen it, just fucking go do yourself a favour. Go and watch these this fourteen minutes of furious action, and mm. I swear to God, you will not be disappointed. It was absolutely mental, and it was it was midway through the third round. I was like, I fucking knew it. I knew this should have been a five round fight. I knew we needed more rounds. This is just amazing. But Alvarez, man, what a tough motherfucker! This is a guy coming off the Conor McGregor defeat, of his course. His face was a mess, wasn't it? Oh, mate, see that big hematoma on his cheek? Yeah, yeah. You know that that's not his jaw. That's his cheek. You know, I'd seen someone put on Twitter, man. Um, uh, it's just about his cheek, and I was just like, fucking hell. Someone had put, oh, yeah, he's stuffed. And then uh, straight away, did you see as well? Uh, someone had put on there that he'd, uh, that he'd failed a test. Who? Eddie? Eddie Alvarez. I didn't see that he failed a test. Yeah, yeah. What, post-fight? Post-fight, yeah. Ooh. Elevated levels of spinach. Hey! <laughs> Here's me Popeye gag. Been working on that for two days. Yeah, well done. Well, <laughs> I nearly done. fucked it up, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> and you also had me thinking, I didn't fucking see that. I'm gonna have a word with the UFC. Why have they not sent the email on that? Oh, I've been waiting to drop that one. Elevated for... levels of spinach. Olive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, class. Man, it was just immense, wasn't it? It was immense. And you know what? One of them fights where both fighters' stock rises because of mm. it. You know, as I said last week, Gaethje's like, a, he's a bit like, you know, it's a bit, when you watch him, you feel like you're doing something wrong, don't you? You yeah, feel yeah. like you've got the curtains drawn. A bit perverse. Yeah, you've got the tissues out and you're on fucking babe stations for review. That's what watching Gaethje's like. It's a bit like, I shouldn't be enjoying this. I shouldn't be yeah. watching this because it's very naughty, watching a man basically kill himself in front of me. But, then you think, fucking hell, it's fun. <laughs> God, he's fun. Mm. And uh, but, but it, it was just Alvarez took it too, man. And you, listen, that's what a Hall of Famer can do. And hopefully now that puts the beds. Because I'd, I'd read a couple of stupid fucking people in this industry say that Gaethje versus Conor McGregor was a, a tough fight. Jesus Christ. Gaethje is tailor-made for Conor McGregor. Absolutely, yeah. So that would have been an absolutely bonkers fight. But mm. 
Credit to Alvarez. No, absolutely. The night before, by the way, uh, Nico Montano, who's the new uh, women's flyweight champ. It's a good fight. Did you watch it? Yeah, it was all right, actually. It was um, a bad fight. I like Roxanne Madaferi. She's a, yeah. she's a weird computer well, geek, she, she, yeah, sci-fi exactly. nerd. Absolutely. Well, she only came in last minute, didn't she? I mean, um, um, Montano, by the way, started the competition 14th seed. Yeah. Uh, didn't even bat an eyelid at the change of opponent when uh, a previous no. opponent failed weight the, uh, the night before. Uh, on a day's notice, went in there uh, and got the decision and is the new flyweight champ. will probably set something up for uh, her and Paige Van Zandt in uh, 2018. So I'll to believe, yeah, definitely. But credit to Roxanne Motherfairy for stepping up. That's the beauty of being based in Las Vegas sometimes. The opportunity knocks and you get to be able to mm. jump back in there. She was on the season, of course, as well. So um, I don't know whether she was due to fight on the undercard. But I know the girl I failed to make weight, that Kareem... Um, there was fears backstage prior to the events that she was going to struggle to make weight because she mm. struggled like fuck in the house mm. with her weight. So it wouldn't surprise me if the UFC, because it was a title fight, had said to Roxanne, Get yourself ready. Stay in shape just in case. Mm. Yeah. So hopefully Roxanne Motherfairy gets a bit of a run out of it because, you know, she stepped in to save the show. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but a weird way to, you know, enter the UFC in a, in a big title fight when you don't kind of deserve it. But then. Leading me perfectly on to the performance of the night for me, Brett Johns, the Viking. Me. Mate, he fights Joe Soto. And remember, Joe Soto come into the UFC similarly with a world title fight against TJ. Uh, struggled a little bit at first, but he's just won three on the bounce. This guy was a former Bellator champion. Joe Soto is absolutely no joke. Big step up for Brett Johns. Fucking bell goes. Ding, ding, ding. Commentary team are like, what the fuck is going on? It can... Big pause on a commentary team where you can tell Daniel Cormier is waiting for someone in his ear to go, that's a calf slicer. Because yeah, he was yeah. just like, what the fuck is going on? The, the other guy, that Todd Grisham guy, obviously he's not got an MMA background. He's clueless. He's like, was that an armbar? And it's just like, no, man, he's got him in a calf slicer in 30 fucking seconds. I've never seen one before. Insane. I've seen them done, but not like that. Obviously, what happened there is Joe Soto shoots for the takedown. Yeah, he did, yeah. Because he's got wrestling background. He's fighting a Welsh kid. No wrestling at all. This is what I'm going to do. But it was like Brett John's team. And I told you, didn't I, last week, Brett John's and his team are fucking on it. They, 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 they've got a wicked setup in Wales and that's a talent there. They know what they're doing. They've done the homework thinking, listen, we're the British fighter coming in. This American's obviously going to shoot and take us down, think he can wrestle the shit out of us. So what we want is great counter submission moves to a wrestler taking us down. So Joe Sozo shoots. Brett Johns wraps his arm around the back, known full well, grabs the leg. And at this point, Soto's probably thinking, All right, yeah. he's trying to roll out of it. He doesn't know what it... But what he's obviously doing is Brett John's positioning himself to get that foot, to get his shin behind his calf, and then to pull that calf over the top. Never been in that position before, I'm told by friends of mine who do jiu-jitsu, one of the most painful things in the world, having you literally your calf bent over someone's shin. And that's obviously why Joe Soto taps inside. 30, 30 seconds. seconds. 30 seconds. What a performance, man. Absolutely outrageous performance. Former Bellator world champion, former UFC title challenger, and fucking Brett Johns saves him like that. I just hope now Brett Johns gets straight onto the UFC London card in a main event, decent fight as well. Mm. He deserves it. No, absolutely. He was definitely the highlight for me of the uh, ultimate fight final the night before uh, UFC 218. Um, there was a few fighters obviously out and about doing interviews that were not necessarily connected to the card. And I noticed that Tyron Woodley's been having a bit of a chat talking about moving up, vacating. He wants a shot at GSP. GSP's out for a while, by the way, uh, due to colitis, which sounds yeah. incredibly painful. It does, yeah. Bleeding from the anus, isn't it, and yeah. shit like that? Yeah, yeah, Fucking yeah. hell, that's not good. No, not at it's all. not good. Um, but uh, Tyron Woodley talking about moving up. No, man, stay where you are. There's a, there's, there's some decent... He's obviously thinking dollar, is what he's thinking at this moment in time, but there's some great fights for him at 170. Hey, listen, he don't want to fight Darren Till. 
no fucker wants to fight Darren Till. And that's why he's like, I'll chase George and the money, thanks. Georges are blown up well to wait up at middleweight, so it doesn't surprise me that Tyron, and, you know, he's got the size to do it, Tyron Woodley, is talking about moving up for the for the money fight himself because, you know, the welterweight division is a bit of a transitional period at the moment and Tyron Woodley feels like he's static as the champion and all the shit is happening below him. And we are getting these Kobe Covington, Mike Perry, fucking, you know, Yancey Medeiros, Darren Till, they're all kind of emerging and they're all young, hungry motherfuckers. And I think Tyron's thinking, George, super fight, up at middleweight. Yes, please. But, you know, looks like GSP is going to be out for some time. So mm. at least six months, I would well, have thought. Off the back of this, Tyron's even thinking about getting his own surgery done. I think he's got a bit of a shoulder problem. So if it isn't GSP, no surprise. which it isn't going yeah. to be, then he's going to be uh, Well, if out GSP's out, then I'll be out. Mm. It's crazy. So therefore, expect some interim uh, welterweight action at which some point good. in 20 which is not good but then again you know what if if it means one of those guys i've just mentioned gets a belt wrapped around the waist in the meantime because woodley's out of action then then that's cool i'm cool with that mm, let's do it um fights that have been made this week that uh, may have uh that have passed your judgment jeremy stevens he's the geezer that uh, t- uh that connor who the fuck is this guy that he didn't say it in the japanese accent <laughs> That's me Irish. Was it? Yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, Jeremy Stevens is taking... Well, you could do this, actually, for the Korean Superboy, because that's who he's going to be what fighting. What the fuck is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was what I was getting at. There you go. Uh, luckily, with podcasts, uh, they are not. Um, they don't adhere to off-com rules, so therefore we can't get done for any type of uh, racist slurs on this particular show. It's down to you as a subscriber, to, obviously, that's, because you have chosen to come and listen. That's exactly how own... Korean Superboy talks. Is it? I'll have you know. Is it? That's exactly how he talks. Okay, so it's, factu- it's a factual... It's a factual, uh, you know, re- recreation of, mm. his, of his voice there. Uh, fight Night St. Louis, them two getting it on. That's actually a really good Delta. fight. No, absolutely brilliant fight, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, DC versus Volcan, even though Volcan's uh, got yeah. a little bit of a thing out on him at this moment in time in Florida. UFC 220, that's another yeah. cracker. It's been confirmed as well, so obviously whatever he's getting done for, some kind of domestic is... Uh, the, the UFC obviously feel confident it's going to it's gonna brush away. Mm. Uh, and Jacare versus Brunson 2. Uh, that now confirmed as well. Brunson on a little bit of a street. Jack Ray needs to get back in the octagon sometime soon because, let's be honest, he is a killer. He's just uh, had a little bit of a, a bad 2017. He just needs a, a good start to 2018. And this is the perfect fight by uh, getting back in yeah. uh, with Brunson and hopefully taking a scalp. Still uh, still struggling for 219, aren't we? Mm. I think still 219's off that little bit of weight still. New Year's Eve, Eve. Obviously, Khabib, Edson Barbosa is a good one, but, you know, would you... Would you bet money Khabib's going to make it to the octagon that night? No. Probably wouldn't. No. There's a decent fight in the undercard. Kareem, uh, Kamaru Usman against uh, Emil Meek has been confirmed now after Meek sorted out his travel and everything else. But I, I think 219 is what's lacking at the moment. It seems like the UFC, after a couple of brilliant events, not least last weekend, mm. it feels like it's fizzling Just out that, a little bit. Yeah, that, that big name, that one that gets everybody excited. Because with all due respect to Cyborg and Holly Holm, yeah, okay, it's good, but it's only a core man, that for me. And do you know what? It's not something that you sell it on. It's a core man. We talk, I don't want to go into it again, but it just, it just does nothing for me. It's a paycheck fight for Holly Holm. They've had to pay her to take this fight. She's not a lightweight. She doesn't want this fight. I truly believe she doesn't want this fight. Mm. So it does nothing for me. All right. Okay, but this weekend, Cubby, Brian Ortega. All right. That does it for me. All right. Fancy that fight. Okay. Let's get on Connor, shall we? Because he's in a little yeah, bit of bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Jesus. What is he up to, mate? In court again. 
Well, he was in court this week for speeding, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and obviously, because of everything that happened last weekend in Ireland, mm-hmm. um, the paparazzis and the uh, local newspaper journalists were out in full force, keeping an eye on him, and obviously he was well covered this week. Um, Come at me. Come at me. That, Come at me. That was the thing that he did during the week, Fox. right? And even his Instagram um, story, I think it was on Sunday night, he was in his car outside the pub with all that altercation that happened last weekend. Now, what we are... If, if everything that I've been told about what happened last weekend is true, he's in a lot of shit, mate. He is if in, it's true. If it's true, I mean, exactly. And if I'm dead honest... I don't really want to talk about it too much, just in case too many people are listening to the show <laughs> yeah. and think to themselves, you know something, I'm going to fucking put a bullet in your head as well, Sunshine. I'll stay out of the way of it. However, we have spoken about Conor McGregor um, on this show a lot over the last six weeks. He's not even been in the octagon. He's not fighting. He's, no. not, he's not doing anything that we, are, that we talk about on this particular show. Everything is about what is happening outside of the octagon. Yeah. Now, for me, right... I don't know what it was like for you when you became a parent, but it kind of chilled me out a little bit, right? Yeah. You become a dad, you think to yourself, oh, all right, this is my old bundle of joy. I'm going to sort all this out. I'm now the provider, caveman in the house. Yeah. I am going to uh, make sure that this little one grows up with some good morals and we, you know, they're going to become a footballer or whatever it may be. You've got yeah. dreams and ambitions for that kid and it does kind of chill you, chill you out a little bit. And if I'm honest, when Connor did become a dad, I, I feared a little bit because we've seen it before with fighters that it does chill them out a little bit too much and they lose that killer instinct when they yep. get into the ring because they become a mellower version of themselves. And that's not a bad thing. It's just for fight sports, you kind of need it a little bit. You know what I mean? It kind of sent him into a different place mm. because all that stuff that happened in Liverpool around the Grand National when he was partying in Heighton and various things like that, mm-hmm. that was whilst his missus was pregnant. I thought to myself, even at that time, I thought, Something's not right here, mate. Something's not right. Because if I did that when my missus was pregnant, I'd have my bollocks cut off, right? Yeah. That just wouldn't that, that wouldn't be going down. But at the end of the day, I'm not a global superstar. I'm not Conor McGregor. I can't do the fuck what I want, okay? Yeah. So off the back of that, then we have the Mayweather-McGregor fight, and then we get stuck into everything that has happened since becoming a dad. I thought, right, wicked. He's sorted now. He's had his little blowout. But the blowouts just keep coming. Yeah. Keep coming. All these little things that we're seeing at Octagon side when his mates fighting, getting into scraps, when he's nothing to do with the actual fight night card for Bellator. Then the week after, he's turning up in a pub because his mate's got into an altercation. So he's gone down to the pub to sort the altercation out with his mate and ended up getting involved in some guys that, let's be honest, run Dublin. You're mm. not the type of characters that you want to be getting in a bit of a mess with. This is, this is a from the outside looking in and don't get me wrong I don't know Connor I don't know him, his personality I don't know any, anything about him or uh, from a personal point of view I just know him as a fighter but from the outsider looking in this is a guy that is just pressing self-destruct and in, imploding that's yeah, what he yeah. looks like mate yeah, his, his personality seems to have changed so much as well or maybe it's just the real him being let out and let wild you know I, I maintain that <clears throat> you know if someone paid me to fight 100 million to fight Floyd Mayweather and I'd come out of it you know, I'd probably be pretty mental as well. When I was a but, kid, as a kid, yeah. When so I was someone, a kid, if that happened to you now at forty years of course, age, you'd be completely different. But he ain't a kid though, mate. He's in his mid twenties. We're not talking about a teenage lad. He is, yeah. But then he's kind of, you know, he, he's had a tough, he's had a tough time. He's come a close family and everything else, and he, you know, it wasn't like he was on the breadline or anything. But he's had a tough time in terms of his career. You know, he's had nothing. He did this when he had nothing. He did. He was committed to MMA long before he had a penny in the bank. So I feel like now. 
all them years of of, of, fight, of being on the dole and fighting for for nothing um, has caught up with him. So now he's got all this money. He kind of doesn't know what to do with it. So he's living his life vicariously. You know what I mean? He's kind of he's living up to what he he thinks back then. What he used to dream about, you know, when I when I fight and win all these millions, I'm gonna fly on private jets and I'm gonna party and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. It's kind of like he feels like he's got to do that, and he, and his mm. and, and his mates obviously are fucking there along the way because they're like, yeah, fucking Sam, we're all young lads as well. So yeah, but they've done fuck all. Screw my own they're career. The, I'm just gonna ride with exactly, you and ride the journey not with the you. Athlete, yeah, they're all right. They might be mates from whatever they and they've all grown up together. But yeah, because he, he when he when he travels, he travels deep. Like yeah, he's yeah. got a fucking. Crew but he's bankrolling it. Yeah, of course he is. He's bankrolling the whole of that shit. So, if, if you know what I mean? If someone's offering you a little bit of a free trip to whatever it is and you don't Party have to pay for weekend. a penny, just come and hang out with me. Of course I'm going to be fucking all over that. I'm not yeah. going to say boo to a goose, mate. I'm going to allow you to do whatever you want. He's got too many yes men around him at this moment well, in time. Got, there's no one around him that can say no. Who says no? Who can say no? Management company, biggest star you've ever had by a mile paradigm. They've specialised in MMA originally. This is an MMA PR company or management company. You know, yes, they've got Bisping and whatever else. But listen, Connor is the fucking golden goose they've ever had. The UFC can't handle him anymore because he's bigger than the UFC. He's bigger than the three letters. Uh, the management team there have got no history with him to rely on. Like the Fatita brothers had a certain level of respect with him. You know, we, he always credits the Lorenzo Fatita of being this hugely in, influential guy. And he's not there anymore. He's never really had that like same relationship with with Dana because when he when he first came to the UFC, it was like. Yeah, he appreciated the opportunity, but straight away, it's like he recognised where the money is. So he got on to Lorenzo. Him and Lorenzo, he was like, you know, he always approached Dana like, well, you're just the president. I deal with the fucking guy. I deal with the money. And I think since Lorenzo and Frank left, that relationship, that respect for the, for the owners is not there anymore, which is why he's like, mate, you want me to fight? You give me a cut of this business now. He would never have said that to Lorenzo, I don't believe. He would never have said that. Mm. So, and then obviously his family, he's fucking by far outgrown his family financially and everything else. And they're just like, wow, he's, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I've met his mum and dad and I know what they're like. And I know for a fact they will be saying to him, hey, calm down. Fucking hell, you've got a wife and you've got a, a partner and a young son there. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. But they can't stop him. They can't physically restrain him because he's got so much money. He can kind of do whatever the fuck he wants. And he's literally nobody on the planet that's saying... And he's got... Meanwhile, he's got people in America, like the likes of Oscar De La Hoya going, I'll fight you for 100 million, no doubt. Issuing him with, it, with stuff every day. Manny Pacquiao, we can make 100 million over here. So, And then he's got the UFC going, well, we'll okay, we'll have to give you the slice of the company to come back then. It, his life is... In, professionally, it's perfect. But personally, it's just absolutely falling apart, falling apart. And every day now, I, I wake up and I'm like, what's he done today? That's how I feel with Conor McGregor. What's he done today? Mm. I'm like you. There's only one way this is going to go. There's only one way it's going to go. And it's going to end in tears for Conor because he doesn't seem mature enough to handle it. It's like new money, isn't it? To be fair, there isn't a, there isn't many people on the planet who could that could no. handle that especially when you've come from where he's come from exactly well, being listen, on the door four or five years ago to where he's at right at this moment in time that fucks with exactly. your mind of course it does it sends you, it's, it just, it's just crazy and nobody who has not been in that situation can fully understand that I get that but he need he just needs someone to grab hold of him and say mate come on shake some sense into him and say listen calm the fuck down yep. you're the biggest star on this planet at this moment in time but at this Cash moment at this moment, you're fucking it up, yeah, right? Exactly. And what is going to happen 
I mean, I don't want to talk really bad shit. I mean, he could end up dead. Yeah, could, yeah. All types of random shit could happen here, mate. This is really bad. I mean, we look at Tyson, right? Tyson burst onto the scene, baddest man on the planet, absolutely on the upward trajectory. But then if you look at the way his career panned out, mm-hmm. he didn't really fulfil everything that he really should have fulfilled. No, of course. Okay, I, I get Customato passed away and that was his mentor, the man that looked after him and all that type of stuff. And it sent him a little bit off the rails and all these all these things happened. He ended up in prison a couple of times. Yeah. But this is, the, he has no one saying no to him. Absolutely. But this is where this is where Connor's at at this moment in time. Yep. If he yep. carries on going the way that he's going, someone somewhere is going to say, you can't do that no more, mate. You're off to the nick or, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Or someone's just going to have enough of it and sort him out. Yeah, exactly. Like some serious characters that he's getting involved with now. Yeah. And, the, the, you know, the, the thing is as well, because he's such a superstar, you know, even the Dublin police, even the Garda, aren't stepping on him like they should have stepped on him. You know, behind closed, behind, from what we hear that's coming out of Dublin, he can pretty much do what he wants. And unfortunately, he's done what he wants with the wrong person, from what we gather mm. now, and it could well implode on his face, or it might all it might all go to bed. It's funny how money can sort these things out, and it may cost him a few quid, but it might soon be put to bed. Um, he's going to, listen, like you said, money, money, money can sort something out, and I think he's going to have to, because it's not going to yeah, go yeah. away on its own. No, no. And he's probably going to have to move to America. You'll probably see him living in America. He'll probably be based out of the US before long because his career needs it now. He needs to get the fuck away from the distractions that friends and family and everything else brings. You know, when you think you're the king of this place, you've got to go somewhere else. Mm. You know, you've got to go and be based somewhere else. And wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if he went to the US and reinvented himself in Los Angeles or whatever it may be. But Dublin is not the place Mate, for Conor McGregor ho- right now. I hope so. Because he needs to get the fuck away from Dublin. Because this dude is, without any shadow of a doubt, the most exciting guy. Uh, He's the most exciting guy. We need him in once back in a the generation Oscar. athlete. That, Truly a once-in-a-generation athlete. This is, this is it. But we need him back in the octagon doing his thing. I think the best thing for him, as you've just said, is to move away, get back in the gym. Just get back in the gym, do what you do, yeah. and get back fighting. Just start doing what you became famous for once again. And all right, yeah. you might not be able to get paid 100 million every single time you step in there because you need dance partners. Of course you do. But just for your own sanity, just for your own future and the way that your life's going to pan out, you need to get back into doing what you do, mate. That's what yeah. you need to do. And for us as fans, we need to see him doing it. He hasn't fought in the octagon for well over a year now. He's not. He's not. He's not an MMA fighter anymore. He's, I don't. I don't. I don't feel he's a mixed martial artist anymore because he's been away for so long. It's, it, this lightweight division has moved on without him. You know, it's it's a bit of a travesty that he's still considered the lightweight champion because the sport he's not been there you know I, I've got a firm firm rule with this with, with MMA or with sitting with the UFC that if, you do, if you're not active in a 12 month period you should be stripped mm. and then when you get active again mate, you probably get the first title shot first shot fine. yeah but as soon as it's exactly 12 months you should be stripped regardless of who you are that should be the rule because it's not fair in the rest of the division. There isn't multiple world title belts out there. There isn't multiple opportunities. So if you haven't defended it inside 12 months, you should be stripped of your belt. Mm. Unfortunately, that's never going to happen either because if you speak to Conor McGregor, he still addresses himself as the champ champ. Even though the actual true champ of the featherweight division we watched last weekend. Anyway, I've no doubt there'll be more all over yeah. social media at some point Let's throughout the course of the week. Let's just hope it gets better before it gets worse. Absolutely, mate. 
Um, thank you very much for listening to our show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. This weekend, there's a little bit of UFC going on. Yep. Uh, could be Swanson. Uh, one of your favourites is, yep. do, is doing his One of thing. our favourites. Yeah, he is. fan of Cubby as well. He is. I, I, I personally wanted to see him in uh, with Max at the weekend, but he's yep. on this weekend, so we get a little bit of that. And if he comes through it, I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, he, uh, if Frankie's still out with his facial injury, that could, could be next. Yeah, it could be next year. Brian Ortega's a tough fight, though. Undefeated fighter. Win over, obviously, Clay Guida early in the year. So Ortega deserves the opportunity to fight someone like Cub Swanson. But Cubby, after his, obviously, his fight of the year performance last time out, this surely has got to be as, you know, this is kind of like, a, okay, beat this undefeated guy and then your reward for beating Duho Choi and Connor's mate Artem and whatever else, you beat this guy as well. We can't deny you no more. You've got to get a title shot. So uh, with Frankie, I don't know whether Frankie's available yet, but I think if Cubby does it in style this weekend, Cubby versus Holloway 2 for the belts could definitely be happening early next year. There you go. Make sure you check it out. It's on in the early hours of the morning. Uh, on Sunday morning, BT Sport is where you can catch that if you're in the UK. Uh, I think it's Fox if you're uh, over in the States yep. listening to us right now. Uh, don't forget, if you're doing your Christmas shopping, get yourself on Luke1977.com. FDLR15 is the discount code that you can use to get 15% off at your checkout. Uh, thank you very much. Um, we have got um, a couple of special shows coming up for you uh, over the next couple of weeks uh, because if you've been a subscriber for a long period of time, You'll know that uh, this time last year, uh, we did a best of the year in the world of boxing and the best of the year in the world of uh, mixed martial arts. Yep. Uh, so if you want to get involved with that and maybe suggest fighter of the year, fight of the year, round of the year, all that type of stuff. Well, you've already said round of the year was Saturday nice. Oh, mate. You, you, well, you, yeah, but people can suggest it. They don't mean they're going to fucking win. Yeah. I'm going to pull rank and say that is the round of the year. No question about it. Uh, but you're more than welcome uh, to get involved with that and send us a few suggestions as we make that programme as we go through from January through to December in a couple of weeks' time, all right? Uh, you can do that via our social media, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you're following us on there uh, to keep up to date with everything that we're doing on a day-to-day basis. There's big things coming in 2018 as well, so if you don't subscribe to our podcast, uh, make sure you do so via our website. Fightdisciples.com is the website, and you can get us on iTunes as well. Are you yawning? I've had a tough weekend. Listen, I was up all weekend watching the fights. Weekend? I was up all Friday tough night, all weekend. Saturday You've night. You've been eating bloody chocolate yeah, all morning. No. You've been eating your bloody advent calendar. <laughs> Finishing the show off where you're on after my monologue that I know where you, your priorities are at. I'll tell you what it is. Basically, after this show recording, he's off to go record with his other mate to go and do his other MMA show, isn't it? Him and his Dan Hardy boy. That's what it is, isn't it, Sunshine, eh? You bet you don't yawn in Listen, front of him, do you? I've had a tough weekend. Yeah. Tough weekend of watching fights. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Grafting. For this show, grafting. Yeah. Unlike you, flirting, bending over the desk with other people. Kind of enjoyed it. Anyway, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.